It said one person was injured and sent to Yanchai Hospital. It advised nearby motorists and members of the public affected by the fumes to close their windows and remain calm. You're listening to the, to the news on RTHK. Good morning and welcome to Back Chat with Paul Zimmerman and me, Jim Gould. Uh, and this morning uh, on Back Chat, uh, we're talking about that uh, unsuccessful tender of a residential site uh, in Tunmun. Uh, it was the first uh, land sale to carry the minimum flat size uh, requirement of uh, uh, 26 uh, square metres or 280 square feet. Um, the government rejected all five bids received as they were below the reserve price, uh, which joined now on the line by C.K. Uh, Lau, who's Managing Director for Valuation and Advisory Services in Asia for the property firm Colliers, and Ryan Ip, the Head of Land and Housing Research with the Our Hong Kong Foundation. Um, good morning to you both. Uh, perhaps, uh, C.K. Lau, if we could ask you first, uh, w what's your reaction to the, uh, to the tender that um, didn't result in anyone buying that parcel of land? Um. My reaction is that the government have overestimated the, the market reaction um, in terms of the, the pricing expectation. Um, that means, I mean, because we have five, I mean, bidders here, mm. and four of them are reputable, I mean, developers, I mean, who can handle such a large-scale development. Uh, but why, wow, I mean, um, the government, I mean, would not consider, I mean, these sort of offer would represent the market. Um, yeah, why, why, why do you think it was overvalued? What, what was it? Was it, uh, was it to do with the location? or? or? Um, I think there could be um, a number of reasons. I think, I mean, location is one of the factors that the government should have considered. But there are a few complications, I mean, uh, in the current market, which could contribute, I mean, to the discrepancy or why the government estimation is higher than what the uh, major developers would be prepared to offer. Uh, I would classify uh, them as two major factors. One is technical issues, uh, and the other one is, I mean, the, the market condition uh, may be at a turning point at the moment. Regarding the, the technical issue is that uh, this site is very big, yeah. because, I mean, the total, I mean, GFA or for area is talking about 1.3 million square feet. Mm. Uh, it depends on how the design would be done. I mean, it could easily produce, I mean, over 2,000, I mean, Secondly, um, the site um, is uh, on a slope. That means the level difference. I mean, the, between the the low end and the upper end, uh, upper end. I mean, is some something like I mean, 15 meters in difference. But I mean, it is quite a narrow and long site. That means I mean, the construction and the design and con um, 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 uh, of the project would have um, a number of di difficult. I mean, technical. Um, constraints which needs to be overcome, given the, the large size and the construction difficulties, which means the development period would be long and the sales and marketing of the units would take some time. Um, and at the second, uh, for the second I mean, major consideration would be um, the interest rate is on the rise right now. Uh, and that the government, I mean, have put forward the northern metropolis that makes I mean, people have some hope that more residential supply should come about, I mean, um, in, the, in the medium term. Mm. That would, I mean, also, uh, I would say, restrict um, the developers in putting in aggressive pricing for such a site. Mm. 
So, so you think potential buyers may decide to hang on for a few years because they might be able to get something of a better value in the northern metropolis when it's built? Um, it depends because, I mean, it, 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 if you look at, I mean, the, the location, when you, when you talk about the location, um, it is in Tumun, but it's not in the core area. Although it enjoys, I mean, uh, good views, I mean, through the, um, the some sort of, I mean, um, seawheel here. But the um, infrastructure development in the northern metropolis would not, I mean, benefit this a lot. Mm-hmm. Whereas, I mean, the new supply in the new northern metropolis, no, um, no matter they are in the um, new development area or somewhere else, that would represent, I mean, um, competition in due course. Because, I mean, the land from um, the um, NDA, uh, no matter from those of land exchange from the pirate developers, which could take place, I mean, within the next year or so, or from the government land sales program, they will compete possibly in terms of timing directly with the site. Okay. Um, uh, thanks. Uh, uh, Ryan Epp, good morning to you. Morning. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, so, as we mentioned, uh, this was the first uh, sale which uh, was uh, subject to the government's 280 square foot minimum mm. flat size requirement. Uh, do you think that made any difference to the, uh, to, you know, to the bids from the five uh, developers which were submitted? Right. Uh, well, I think first of all, I'm, I'm actually quite surprising uh, that this uh, tender was failed uh, for a number of the reasons because. Uh, first of all, the market feedback was actually not bad. It's actually quite positive prior to the tender closing day because as major developers expressed interest in the port. And also there are other residential projects in the area. Uh, they're also offering you know, small to medium flats. Uh, they have sold pretty well. And uh, also a, there's a neighboring site uh, actually received 16 bits uh, when it was tendered in 2020. And uh, while uh, there are fewer bits this time, uh, which is understandable given the pandemic and all the other reasons, uh, it's, it's unexpected to see all five bits rejected by the uh, government. And uh, while the requirement, uh, the, the minimum flat size requirement, in fact, inevitably, uh, I think inevitably affects uh, developers, the flat mix planning, I think it is probably not the most critical factor because. Uh, minimum flat size requirement is not a new thing. Uh, it exists before in MTL uh, tender yeah. and also in ULA tender. Urban and, Renewal Authority, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. then, and, and take a, a previous example. There was a previous tender of MTL, uh, the Parking Court Ventilation Building. It also came with the same uh, minimum flat size requirement, but it did not deter developers. And, and response for that side was quite positive. Uh, it got 36 uh, EOIs expressed of interest and uh, nine bits. And also the port, this one, uh, the, the two moon port, uh, the large size, it also means that there is more flexibility, you know, in flat mix uh, uh, planning. And also referencing uh, the neighboring residential projects, uh, their flat size mostly have no issues in meeting the minimum flat size requirement. So I think uh, I will concur, uh, CK, I think it is mostly, most likely because firstly the site is, is large, uh, because of the upfront investment is higher and also because of the technical factor and also because of the, the market timing, it is also to do with the uh, all other factors and the uh, minimum flat size requirement. So, so government has uh, set this reserve price too high? Uh, uh, yes, uh, yes, because uh, as mentioned by uh, DK, uh, well, it is 
in a relatively remote locations with uh, infrastructure is not too too good, and also uh, you also have supply coming up in northern metropolis and uh, other sales uh, 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 in the landfill program. So uh, I, I'll, I'll concur what uh, CK has uh, mentioned. But this 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 is an issue for Hong Kong, isn't it? I mean, you, Ryan. I mean, you and I have spoken many times in the past on the, on land supply issues. Um, you you're, you believe that we have a shortage of land supply, um, and we have the unaffordability of of uh, of living uh, in Hong Kong. And you have raised issues that we need to increase land supply. But here we have land. And government is mispricing it, and they're making it very expensive. Uh, they're setting a very high reserve price. I mean, is that not the issue then? That the government sets the price when they have a chance to reduce land prices and the chance to make more affordable flats available, they don't take that chance. Well, I think it also comes with the uh, mandate of the land department because uh, the sole mandate of the land department is to act as a landlord, right? It, 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 as a gatekeeper for the government's land. So its sole mandate is to, you know, maximize the land revenue. But uh, well, I don't blame the land, uh, land department because the mandate is supposedly given by the, you know, development, development bureaus or higher up in the, in the government. So I think uh, we, we have to change that mandate from the higher up so that the land department can act accordingly. Okay, so our Hong Kong Foundation will uh, recommend to John Lee to change that policy and to use, in that way use these opportunities to reduce c- cost of living? Well, I think uh, well, uh, it, it's very important uh, to have an overall mandate within, within the government you know, to, 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 to increase land and housing supplies such that you know, we, we can all have you know, affordable housing. Uh, that, that, that should be the overall mandate of the whole government. Mm-hmm. They did say in a statement, uh, the government uh, will not sell a site if no bid reaches the reserve price as assessed by the government's professional valuers. This is to ensure that the government gets a fair and reasonable return in the interests of protecting public revenue. I mean, um, uh, CK Lau, uh, they do have an obligation, don't they, to uh, protect the public revenues? Yes, I think, I mean, I agree, I mean, with the government that they have the duty or the obligation to protect, I mean, the public purse for that purpose. But I think we also need to, I mean, look at the market reality. When Ryan, I mean, talk about, I mean, this is an opportunity, I mean, um, that we, we need to act on this. I think we need to look at the practice right now. Um, the, the decision, um, practically, would be made by the I mean, Central Tender Board. But they were based on whether, I mean, um, the professional violation done by the Lands Department, I recall that it should be one day in advance of the tender closing day. And that, I mean, they will compare the two, make sure that, I mean, the, the tender bid, I mean, uh, the successful one will exceed the, the professional violation. But uh, as I mentioned, right now, if we look at the market reality, um, this is a large site. And then we have four of the uh, very major or the largest I mean, developers in Hong Kong submit their bid. And uh, unless you say that, I mean, these four developers, I mean, collude together to try to reduce the price. Otherwise, you see that, I mean, this is, I mean, I would say a strong competition for the site. But because, I mean, there may be, I mean, due to the factors that I mentioned, um, whether, for example, I mean, the, um, the, the professional relation may have a, a bit, I mean, underestimated, I mean, the long development period, the technical uh, the technical um, difficulties of, I mean, the site formation, um, the slope protection, blah, blah, blah. 
and also I mean the concern about the um, the, the future interest rate rise and the I mean risk factor associated with such a uh, I would say quite a difficult site I mean uh, for development mm. all these factors could have contributed to I mean a more optimistic valuation by the government but this has resulted in the ancestral sale of the site. So, so you're just saying, so Sika, just going to interrupt you there. So what you're saying is that Lensabarber is unable to, to estimate the cost for the development of a site. Uh, that they, they have, do they have the capacity? Do they have the capability? Do they have the, the uh, manpower to, to get these estimates right or understand uh, the cost right? You, you have raised a very good question. Um, in my experience, I mean, they need to rely on another department within the government to provide the cost estimate. Um, and, if, I mean, if you look at this, I mean, whether that other department have really, I mean, got really, I mean, detailed investigation into the site, I mean, this is a question mark that we can put forward to the government again. Because in the past, we have experienced delay in getting this, of course, information from um, other departments to provide to the lands department to for premium assessment. And that, I mean, the government would not rely on submission made by public developers who have, con- I mean, employed various professionals in carrying out site investigation, detailed costing, I mean, that sort of stuff. That's why I have the feeling here that the land department do not have internal resources who can carry out this sort of comprehensive study before they put provide the cost estimate for this purpose. Okay, so we don't have a market issue here. We've got a mispricing issue. I think both, I mean, um, because, I mean, the, um, I would not just contribute one factor for this um, unsuccessful sale, because right now the markets do, I mean, facing, I mean, um, weakness, um, some changes in the market conditions mm. due to both, I mean, the global um, winner and also the local supply, I mean, expectations, yeah. So, Ryan, I mean, this is a big issue. You and I have spoken on the land supply for a long time. Uh, is this going to be, a, are you going to, with our Hong Kong Foundation and and uh, your uh, your uh, your connections with government, are, are, is this something we're going to work on to improve this? Well, I think uh, definitely uh, the, the the evaluation part and also um, uh, all the technicals are uh, important. Uh, I think one of one of the issues is uh, probably my, maybe the land department might not have enough manpower to to carry out all the uh, important works. Uh, uh, because uh, if, if you look uh, if you look at the uh, government expenditure in the past, uh, actually uh, the expenditures on land and how land and land development related departments uh, has actually uh, trailed behind the overall increase in the government expenditure. Then I'm curious because uh, well we always say that the land and housing is probably one of the most important uh, issues in Hong Kong. Then why are you? Then why would you have? Why, why are you not spending enough? Well, in terms of you know, in, in, in the expenditure on land and housing related issues, uh, then I think uh, what uh, the, the resources uh, has to be has, has to be dealt with. Okay, so resource review. If we're going to do the northern metropolis, which is uh, very different from uh, from uh, uh, doing the Lantau project. Lantau project, you get one engineering firm to do all the reclamation. Northern metropolis, you need to do a hell of a lot of work with the land, with the, the landowners, with the land users. Uh, and, and so there's a lot of work required for government. Do we have a, a serious problem? Land, people, resources in government to deal with and develop the northern metropolis? Because this well, is an indication, then, isn't it? 
I think the government has definitely has to uh, uh, leverage more on market forces, right? Uh, we, we, they should do more PVP. Uh, well, we, 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 we have experience in, in a lot of PVP in the past, you know, uh, the, the BOT, uh, the BOT, uh, uh, style and also they, 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 uh, and, and there are also a lot of examples of PPP in the mainland and also in single point Tesla. And I think the government should definitely uh, rely more on market forces because, as you said, the northern metropolis is actually a big project, right? So the government cannot and should not uh, do it alone. There are a lot of capacity in the private sector, and I think the government should actually uh, uh, leverage more on that. Now, as uh, as uh, C.K. Lau was saying, this site on Castle Peak Road, I mean, it was a big site, uh, uh, 33,000 uh, square metres. Uh, it could have produced more than 2,000 units. Um, it hasn't been sold. Um, what's going to happen to it now? Uh, would the question be posed to me? Yeah, well, to, <laughs> yes, to, to, you to, can to, answer for the government. To, to either of you. So, you know, there, yeah. there, there's a plot that was due for development, which is not going to be developed, or, or at least uh, at least the development will be delayed. So, Yeah, I think, I mean, the government should put up this uh, site, I mean, for sale mm. as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, as long as they have uh, been able to adjust um, the evaluation parameters in particular, what I've mentioned about, I mean, the construction costs, development time frame, and possibly allow more risk factor in it, then the evaluation figure would come down. And that they have the benefit right now of five bits, I mean, put forward by major developers that they can make reference to these sort of, I mean, um, genuine offers. And then we adjust the, the, um, reserve price. And then I think, I mean, this site would be sell, would be sold. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now, also, uh, yeah, CK, you mentioned that market conditions um, are changing, uh, bigger um, interest rates on the way, um, um, possibly more expensive mortgages. Um, uh, now, um, we had the news yesterday that uh, uh, house prices had uh, slipped for a third straight month uh, to a 15-month low. How, how do you see the market uh, developing over the rest of the year? I think, I mean, there's still, I mean, latent demand or, or, or pent-up demand, I mean, for new units right now. Mm. Um, but at the same time, I mean, any, I mean, prospective buyers would need to so-called to gauge, I mean, the, the market changes, I mean, at their own sort of perspective. Um, the interest rate rise, I think, right now is mainly driven by the inflation. So they need to take into account where the house prices, I mean, would, um, would increase, I mean, due to inflation expectations, and then that would counter off um, the, the interest rate rise causes. But at the same time, I mean, whether they, their fear for no supply would be, I mean, less than a bit by now because of the, I mean, um, Northern Metropolis, I mean, scheme, I mean, put forward by the government. So all these so-called pull and push factors would interplay, I mean, right now. And that we, I would say that we need to monitor further how, first of all, the developers would react to many of those sort of, I mean, land sales by government, MTLC and the ULA. And then we can judge, I mean, or I would say the public will judge what sort of, I mean, direction, I mean, the land prices will go and then they would, I mean, decide on how they react further. So what is the volume? I mean, do we see the transaction volumes currently? With, they have dropped a lot. Um, how do you see this developing? I think, I mean, um, because of the, 
pandemic, I mean, the um, for the past few months, I mean, actually the 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 market due to the inspection have been virtually stopped. Uh, many of the transactions have been delayed, and that's why we have um, seen a surge of some some transaction uh, most recently. But I think, I mean, um, people would now be more so-called, I mean, comfortable to 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 watch what will be happening in the market first. Yeah. So are there any sectors in the market that are particularly a hard hit? Um, expatriates leaving town, I mean, are the expatriate areas there, you know, Stanley and, and Sai Kung, are they harder hit than other areas? Or are there, can you see any particular changes like that? I think, as you mentioned, I mean, some uh, expatriates, I mean, uh, have left Hong Kong, and for those areas you mentioned, I mean, no matter Sai Kung, um, a bit of Sandy, a bit of, I mean, Discovery Bay, um, those sort of units, in particular, those for renting, um, the the rental demand have I mean reduced I mean a bit, um, and that some people I mean from from Hong Kongers I mean who who left Hong Kong for I mean uh, relocating to other areas including Singapore for example UK, some of these units I mean which have been put forward uh, for sale, and that have led to um, some I mean softening in ter- in terms of pricing in those areas yeah. So is that significant, or do you see the market kind of rolling over, or do you uh, see kind of a, a resistance level in there that is going to be sustainable? I think, I mean, the, 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 the downward pressure is not that huge, and some owners, I mean, although they want to sell, they may reduce their price a bit, but not very significantly. Because if you look at the, the reported news on those of sale price, some of them, I mean, if they are just a few percentage points down, and then they will snap up by, by buyers, yeah. So yeah, I, I was actually going to ask Ryan, uh, uh, Jim. This the, Ryan is in, in the, the northern metropolis. I mean, how how is, going to, is government going to speed this up? I mean, do you see great progress with the government getting land supply um, uh, channel open up and and uh, resuming land and and putting it up in the market? Do we see this uh, growing? Well, the, if you look at the current timeline, uh, it, it will at least take, uh, ten to. 10 to 20 years. 10 years will be optimistic. I think if you look at it, if you look at it, current timeline will at least uh, take 20 years for the northern metropolis uh, to come uh, to come into fruition. But of course, uh, we we think the government should, should speed up. And I think one of one of the methods of doing so is to you know to set up a uh, dedicated body uh, which is uh, solely responsible for pushing forward the northern metropolis. And then you have all the authority uh, and all the powers that. Uh, to that uh, dedicated bodies, and you have all the related departments answering to it, and this sole body have to be responsible uh, to the timeline uh, on the northern metropolis. And I think this kind of you know higher level setup may may actually uh, help you know speeding up the uh, the production of the northern metropolis. Is, is that going to affect land prices and the property market in the medium term? Well, it's uh, very hard to say because I think it's. Uh, CK would be the better person to, to, to talk about uh, market reactions. But I think, uh, in, 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 I think in Hong Kong, we always have strong demand for housing, right? You look at, uh, you look, if you look at our current situation right now, you know, the, the, the cramped living spaces, you know, uh, high housing prices, we always have a demand for housing. But, but I think CK would be the better person to talk about.
about his prices and etc. But in terms yeah, of uh, in terms of management uh, and uh, uh, you know government structure, uh, you you suggesting that we needed an authority. Are you uh, uh, considering the authority the, the same way we structured that for uh, for the de- development at Lantau, or are you thinking more about the way it used to be organized when Shatin was developed? Well, I'm, I'm actually. Uh more aggressive than the Lantau model. I'm actually looking at all you said, uh, like the like when Shatin was developed, or even uh, when we developed when we developed the airport authorities, right? When we developed when we developed the airports, right? When we developed the airports, we have the provisional airport authority set up, and that was a uh, statutory body. You did have the necessary power to push forward uh, that particular project. I'm, I'm I'm looking at this kind of example. Okay. Um, since we've mentioned Lantau, uh, could I ask you both, uh, we have a new uh, incoming chief executive. Uh, um, do you think that the, the Lantau Tomorrow Division, uh, sorry, Lantau uh, Tomorrow Vision, uh, what was called before the East Lantau Metropolis, uh, will proceed uh, in its uh, current form? Will that plan go, will that plan, What's John are you expecting gonna do? that plan to go ahead, uh, uh, Ryanip? Uh, well, I think I think it should go ahead, right? Mm-hmm. I, I think uh, this, uh, well, it, it is mentioned in the previous policy address that the uh, uh, the Nantau tomorrow will go ahead, and I don't see any reason why the uh, new administration will scrap this project. CK, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I um, I need to declare that um, I I am on uh, the expert advisory panel uh, for this project. So you're the and right that, person to speak on it. Yeah, I think I mean. <laughs> To, to, to look at it practically, I mean, um, the, the study is ongoing and that we need to have the findings from the professional team, I mean, to, to tell um, the government and the public what is uh, going to happen in terms of its, I mean, um, planning, um, the construction of the roads, I mean, um, the MTR. Uh, and the future uses of the land, etc., and the, of course the cause for that. And I think, I mean, uh, for Hong Kong, we do need a major land bank. Uh, and when, I mean, um, this would happen, I mean, um, this is ongoing, and let's see how the, the results of the professional study will turn out to be. And, and then, I mean, sure. yeah. Anyway, for the northern metropolis, are we going to get a similar organization within government to, to supervise this and push it ahead? Um, I think, I mean, Ryan's I mean, suggestion is very good and that, I mean, if you look at um, um, what, I mean, the chief executive, I mean, uh, uh, Mrs. Carrie Lam had been proposing that there should be, a, I mean, a higher authority than just the Development Bureau or the, or the THB, I mean, to okay. oversee the overall project. But I think at the same time, I mean, if the government do have the, uh, I mean, reach and the execution power to do that, even without uh, a new authority to come in, if all the officials have the same aim, that we need to fulfill the goal of putting it together. And I think the, 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 I mean, the functioning of the government departments uh, and the bureaus would be much better than right now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Topic for another back chat uh, on Indeed. another day. Thanks very much uh, to both of you for speaking to us uh, on the programme this morning. That was uh, C.K. Lau, uh, Managing Director for Valuation and Advisory Services in Asia for the property firm Colliers. And thanks very much to Ryan Ip, Head of Land and Housing Research at the R Hong Kong Foundation. And thanks very much to you, Paul. Two outings on Radio 3 this morning. <laughs> okay. so, um, we'll we'll see you again soon. I hope. Okay. Sure. A quick look at the weather before.
it uh, before we go to the new summary and morning brew. It's going to be mainly fine and hot today. Um, top temperature around 32 degrees. That's in the city, warmer outside. Um, moderate uh, east to southeast dilly winds. Um, the outlook is going to be um, mainly fine and hot in the next couple of days. Um, uh, windy with more showers and temperatures will be slightly lower on Sunday and on Monday. Currently it's 28 degrees, humidity is at 80%. The Smart ID Card replacement exercise continues to keep pace with the changing world. If you hold the old form of Smart ID Card and were born in 1983 or 84, 